Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are back again, your favorite hockey podcast that isn't really about hockey. And we are back again to talk about the week that was. And gentlemen, surprise, surprise, more silly, stupid nonsense that we get to talk about in the hockey world, kind of taking the the forefront of it. But before we get to all of that nonsense... I want to know how you guys are doing. Endo Mills, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I have to run after this, so maybe like a shorter condensed show, maybe possibly because I got to go do a hockey game after this. Uh, I'm doing good. How about you guys? We're gonna we're gonna keep you trapped here. You're gonna miss, yeah. it. or you can just leave <laughs> if you have to. Yeah. One of the other. I'm good. Sin, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Beautiful happy to hear <laughs> i don't think we'll have a big crazy intro considered. for this one yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think we'll have a big crazy intro for this one we have uh some some high standards to live up to after the show earlier this week and i got some high standards to live up to in terms of audio quality if my voice will cooperate and we will find out if it does but why not just get to the viewer questions to kick things off. But of course, before we do that, we have to mention, as always, that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped.com. Where are you? You can use code TUGI. That's T-O-U-G-I-A for 20% off your order and free shipping. Again, from our friends at Manscaped.com. Get all the highest quality products in the world of, I mean, men's grooming. But again, hey. It's the right tool for the job, no matter the job. Whether it be the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker, the beard hedger, with that tremendous comb that Sin still doesn't have for this week's show. <laughs> no, it's in it's in the bathroom where like the rest of my normal care stuff is. It makes sense. It makes sense. But again, shout out to our friends at Manscaped again. Go Doogie, Manscaped.com. Let's get to one of those stories right out of the gates uh, from Broken Wheelchair, who says, no question, just fuck Carson Briere. Yes. Uh, so this was the biggest story in hockey for a day or two up until uh, a certain St. Louis goaltender who we'll talk about later on uh, stole the headlines after last night. Um. So really, the best way to sum this up is the second that Philadelphia thinks they got something nice with Danny Briere being their new interim GM, uh, his uh, his son, I'm going to withhold the age for a second, Carson, uh, who plays for Mercyhurst University, was caught on video pushing someone's vacated wheelchair down a staircase at a nightclub. The chair was left at the top of the staircase because the woman who it belongs to uh, had to be physically carried down the stairs by a staff member to use the restrooms, which are only located on the first floor of the building. Carson Briere is 18. No, no, he's he's 23 for all the people who have immediately been going into the, oh, he's just a dumb call. He's 23. He was previously at Arizona State, where he was, quote, dismissed from the team for what the program said was a violation of team rules. Endo Mills, I can tell you have thoughts before I continue on. Feel free. He got kicked out of a party school. How the, the fuck party out of the party school? Like yeah, the, the party, party school. school. Yeah. Oh, did they, have, has they have they overtaken Chico? They might be close. Like Arizona State yeah. is. We'll get we'll get Deke Slayer on the horn here. He can tell you the reputation of that school. Uh, I mean, a, did you, you know, see Mullet Arena and how it's packed with that student section? How crazy they are! I mean, that's a pretty. It's just like one section of the fucking arena like that. Like yeah. I don't I don't know how you. I, mean, I know how you do it. You'd be a fucking idiot by doing stuff like shouldn't. Uh yeah. You're you're an idiot for doing that shit. Like shit on that regardless. Now, obviously, you ended up with the typical statements. Uh, Danny Briere quote: "I was shocked. It's inexcusable. My son is sorry. I wrote my sorry is sorry, which basically kind of sums it up for just how uh, fucking generic this was. My son is sorry and accepts responsibility." 
Carson Briere, quote, I'm deeply sorry. There's no excuse. I'll do whatever I can to make up for the serious lack of judgment. The college released a statement, quote, a part of it here. We pray for and are in solidarity with the victim. Shout out to Mercyhurst College. Really, really laying down the law there. Um, they don't care. You know, the positive in the story is um, you know, the woman whose chair was thrown down the stairs. Um, I, I don't want to say like revealed herself on Twitter, but, you know, that type of thing where she's like, hey, yeah, this was me. Um, you know, she thanked the workers of the club for being helpful. I believe somebody started a GoFundMe or something like that along those lines. She's like, I don't want money. I'm fine. Um, her handle on Twitter is at underscore legless under legless underscore wonder. So, I mean, she's fucking hilarious. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you I mean, again, the fact that this was even a story, by the way, her, her Twitter bio is fucking hilarious, too, where it just says know, getting just back on too. my feet, <laughs> just getting back on my feet. I mean, again, like the fact this even had to be a story, it's just like affluent, rich kid never had to work for anything in his life. And yeah, if I'm Danny Briere, I'd you know, I'd like to think he is rather embarrassed of his son. But then again, um, your 23 year old son still thought in the moment that was a good decision. So that doesn't shine too brightly upon you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What can really like, be said about this aside from just what a dick? Yeah, well, I mean, then there's those people out there trying to make excuses for him and stuff like that. But like, I drank a shit ton. I never did anything cruel. Like, yeah. I did stupid shit, but it was never to in like fuck with other people's well-being or livelihoods or anything like that. Yeah. Like, it's and it's it always amazes me how these like rich and affluent white dudes always always get called a kid, no matter like how fucking old they are, until they're like mm-hmm. past thirty. They get called kid. Meanwhile, I, I don't even want to get into it because it's a whole thing. But I'm just going to say there's another. Demographic. I know what direction you're going. There's with another that. demographic in this country who could be 14 and they get called a young man mm-hmm. when they get killed by oh. authority figures. Just saying. Just fucking 100%. throwing that out there. You're not wrong. Anyone who yeah. thinks like, oh, come on, Sin, you're reaching for that kid. No, he's right. Yes. He um, he's not a kid. Yeah. Man. Like, yeah, I mean, shit. again, 20, 23 years old, like just the fact this is even a story is just fucking gross. Um, <sighs> the last part I included for this because it, I, I saw it. Um, someone asked, so when did the Bruins sign him um, after the whole <laughs> Mitch Miller thing? Um, he and Mitch Miller would make for great teammates. <laughs> just dumb dumb people but mitch miller was a kid eh, whatever i don't know it was a funny joke anyway um yeah carson briere grow the fuck up jesus christ from cynical blues should the nhl try more games in the style of disney channel's big city greens game yes this was and i know endos in favor of this this was one of the weirdest Dude. fucking things i have ever seen as the New York Rangers Washington Capitals game was being broadcast on ESPN, but at the same time on Disney Channel, there was this cartoon arcade style thing that was mimicking the game in real time and what was happening on the ice. It is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. I can't say I'm against it. Um but yeah, I I, look, I'm not going to yuck someone else's yum, right? If someone found this to be super entertaining, cool. If it's proven that, like, hey, yeah, actually, uh, you know, people tuned into this and kids really enjoyed it, keep doing it. Keep doing it. I mean, it's not going to be the way that I, as a uh, now 29-year-old man, intake my my hockey, but it was still fun to kind of see certain clips of it on Twitter and kind of see just how it works. Like, I, I saw the clip of, like, how it recapped Patrick Kane's goal in that game and it's uh it's different that's the best that way to describe walk. it it's different yeah the track anything yeah, yeah. the <laughs> tracking isn't necessarily there yet because we're just tracking jersey and puck stuff so when they mm. go for celebrations stuff like that they just skate into each other like a fucking huddle like an nhl 94 
yeah. that's all they would do. Like, it would be cool if they added in, like, the 94 Selly and all that and whatever. But, like, it's it's pretty sick technology what they're doing. Uh, as far as I know, this is, like, the first of its kind in sports, at least here in North America, if not, obviously, the world, um, that they've used tracking like this in-game to replicate it over. There was something at the beginning of the pandemic where they there was a company that did virtual basketball betting and you could bet on basketball. It was like this like metaverse thing. And what happened is they would have all the players in like mocap suits and have them play out. And you'd actually watch the footage back and it looked super clean because it was live mocap being brought through. So you'd have, it was basically (laughs) virtual basketball, but actual basketball at the same time. So think of like 2k, Think of like 2K, the NBA 2K had like live motion and there was no like jittery between everything. It looks sick. And this is obviously a way of doing it for kids and everything. It, a lo- I found a lot of people were upset because it wasn't their target demographic. This isn't for like us per se. Right. It's not for like the average hockey fan. It's for kids trying to get them to the sport. Kind of like how the Nick Nickelodeon has their stuff as well. This is an interesting way to do it. Uh, it would be cool to have like, you know, like a Nick broadcast, but like in the style of um, what they do, how they do it for football, like for NHL. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. see how they did it with the cartoon, how it could work. Uh, it was cool because they had, you know, uh, Kevin Weeks like mo capped up and all that. And then I think at one point it, it was him breaking down how the positioning works with goalie and stuff like that, which is really cool to look back at. I was someone who plays in that to see like him breaking down the kids, like basically how things work in that and different components because people talk a lot about skaters, how they skate through, but not a lot of times it goes towards the goaltender. Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of alluded towards like what the NFL does with the, the Nickelodeon game. <laughs> and uh, I mean, <clears throat> you know, a good way to try to just get it, you know, into, you know, get the sport into the you know viewpoint of a younger audience uh, and also doing something like this is, you know, a, a good recipe to try and go viral. I mean, Jesus Christ, like, how often did you see that clip? I mean, Sid might not have, because to his point, he's not often on Twitter. Um, and he's the smartest man on this podcast for that. Um, but, you know, like the... God, who the hell was it? It was Patrick Starr just dunking on Russell Wilson for throwing <laughs> oh, an interception. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing all those. I remember those. <laughs> Wait, oh. interception. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought that was someone just using like AI or something like that. No, That's that an was actual actual, That was actually yeah. the guy. <laughs> that was legit. <laughs> That's amazing. That's not what he wanted to cook. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. I think that's great. I think it's, you know what? Yeah, I'm sold yeah. on it. I think the NHL should continue to do stuff like that because, again, it just gets people talking about it. And if you, yeah, if you can attract new and younger fans, all the more better. I think my, my favorite highlight of it, though, was um, they had Evgeny Kuznetsov swapped out for one of the players for the virtual game. He was talking about, like, oh, you know, uh, hopefully she knows how to do and everything. And it pans over to him looking at, like, the, the head model of the actual character from the show. He's like, what, why, what, 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 why is her head so big? And he's just like, the, it's like visible Russian confusion. And it's just amazing. <laughs> So, yeah, shout out to the Disney Big City Greens game. More of it, because why not? It doesn't like doesn't have a negative effect on the game, so why not if it proves to be worth it? From RG Dust, we've talked about video games in the past, favorite video games this time out. What is your favorite uh, shooter-style game? Third person, first person, whatever. Um, oh. I'm going to go to Sin first. Do you have a, do you have a go-to? Yes, I'll say two. Um... I'm obviously my favorite first person shooter is the Halo series. Um if I had to choose one for like overall gameplay, especially competitive Halo three. Ooh. Um three over two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it was better a better competitive uh like Halo That's two fair. opened the door, Halo three solidified itself as like a really yeah. pretty good. Um for third person it's gotta be the old Battlefronts, Battlefront two in particular. Mm. Those were terrific games. Yeah. I can't disagree with either of those. I played the hell out of a lot of them. Um, Endo. Um, Battlefield 2 for the PC was my favorite. Um, 
just a solid game. Another one too was Battlefield Modern Combat, which was basically Battlefield's Battlefield 2 on the on the console. It was one of the first games where like when you die, you switch to a squad member kind of thing. And oh yeah, that's cool. Like, I didn't I didn't discover that until maybe a few years ago. And I just looking at the gameplay and the style of that, and it was relatively it was like the big step up for EA in terms of having to make stuff on the consoles and stuff like that too. Because um, I was always like, I was always like, oh, I'm gonna see if I can find Battlefield Two on consoles, because you know. But I found it was like a PC only release or something like that. Like the mod community in that was insane. Like I, I don't know really know how I can say about shooters like that and maybe COD Ghost. Because uh, like I never really grew up playing internet games like online or playing shooters online. So it was usually with the AI and the bots, so I'd like make my own kind of fun with it. So. Maybe the reason why those are the kind of two that I went with, and Ghost probably had the best offline play for any of the multiplayers. Because the maps were pretty decently sized. And uh, yeah, my buddy and I would go just him and I against like 18 AIs and just take them all on at once. So there's a couple I have to shout out. Um, I think I think I know what my top choice is. Um Especially, too, within the past few weeks, there was the news that we're not getting a third one because it was in development and they canned it. Um, I need to shout out Titanfall 2. Oh, fuck, um, yeah. Dude, fucking, oh, my God. <laughs> Titanfall. No, okay, I, I can't believe I didn't say that. Titanfall oh, is fucking You missed good. out, Sin. You did. It was, it's the best moving shooter ever. And it got canceled because yeah. Apex Legends is doing gangbusters. Yeah. No, Titanfall, like the first Titanfall, there was so much hype around it and it delivered yeah. in some ways, but didn't in others. And Titanfall 2, it's a goddamn shame that people didn't really latch onto it as much. That game's incredible. The campaign is legendary at this point. Oh, but yeah, online play for Titanfall 2. I don't know how much people still play that. I might have to try to go back to it. That game was absolutely phenomenal it really really dedicated was. servers on pc this is the only way to play it now oh, really did they, they didn't shut yeah. down servers for it already did they oh they're not down but it's just that um the game hasn't gotten any support because ea's mm. well respawn has been forced to throw all the resources over to apex and do yeah. apex games and now it's not even a titanfall universe they call it the apex legends universe they, like Fair oh man <laughs> Dude, I remember, like, the first online experience on my Xbox One was Titanfall. And I was dummying kids. I mean, my <laughs> Titan flop out, run on the wall, get, like, five fucking pilot kills. Like, wipe their whole team. It was great. God. I missed, <sighs> I missed that game. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really fun one. Um, It can be more... Oh God. So, really, as I started thinking about this, right... Um, God, it, it's tough. I know what my number one is. Um, shout shout out to Army of Two, the first two games in that series, they were amazing. <laughs> I have incredible, incredible. Like if if one of you guys were like, "Hey, you want to do like Parsec Pals Army of Two? I I would be I've down. Been yelling at you for that for a while. Um, I forgot because so like, that, yeah, whatever. I remember you know hanging out in my bedroom playing through that entire game with a friend and like Jesus Christ, the army of two games were great for those who don't know. It was basically the idea of it's a third person shooter, but a lot of customization and it's built around teamwork and an aggro system. So one person takes the heat while it gives the other the space to kind of do what they have to do. Fucking so simplistic, but amazing. Um, obviously there are other, like, I guess some people could consider is mafia a shooter it is because that's the primary form of combat but it's like gta and do you consider gta yeah. a shooter i don't know that's why i didn't say gta because i don't consider that a shooter like it's it's Fair. more of a <sighs> rpg it's a story game with shooting yeah. elements yeah, yeah like it's more of a story game like i mean you most of the time you're driving around cars and stuff like a shooter yeah. game is like you always have a gun in your hand you're always shooting that's how i kind of define it like right. you're never without a gun essentially right um so for that reason yeah because even like the last of us would be in there even though i i still love their fucking gun mechanics in that game um i'll, I'll get to my answer there's so many fucking games i could shout out here shout out to gears of war by the way gears of war 2 oh, especially yeah. that's 
that's in my top three, top five at worst. Uh, number one for me, Battlefield 4. I have never put more time into a shooter uh, than Battlefield 4. It is, it's, you know, Battlefield 3 was the game that got me to switch away from COD. And Battlefield 4, which is going to be 10 years old this fall, um, I still love it with all my heart and find it to be one of the best games of all time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, I bought that for like 20 bucks and then never played it with you guys. <laughs> well, let's change it. that. I have a week until baseball comes out. I am 100% down to play Battlefield 4 uh, because right. servers are still decent, you know, and it's, oh, God, I like the launch for the game was terrible, but everything else after I, I fucking love Battlefield 4 so much, so, so much. Yeah, we'll have to do that. <laughs> if we're not we'll going to play NHL right over the next week, let's play some other things. Screw it. Um, and the final question comes from Scroopy Noopers. Question, just a Ducks fan raising his hand to ask, now that John Gibson has a save percentage over 900, does he still suck, and will anyone trade for him in the offseason? We're not going to talk about your irrelevant team, but we are able to transition this into talking about a very relevant Californian team. Let's talk about the San Jose Sharks. Get um, fucked. No. <laughs> for, <laughs> for John Gibson, will anyone trade for him? Probably not. But hey, I appreciate the attempts to get us to talk about a team that just completely shat the bed this season because that's that's the Ducks, unfortunately. Yeah, they're not yeah. even like fully tanking and they're terrible. It's weird. I mean, they're yeah. obviously tanking, but like they're they're quite far up above the yeah, okay, not that far, but I mean, they're three points ahead of the Sharks. Same amount of games played, which is, I mean, arguably this. Sh- uh, it's hard to say. They probably have the better roster just because for Zegers alone, honestly. Uh, but <laughs> the Ducks heading into this season, it was conceivable they could make the playoffs. That was never on the table for the Sharks. Really? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So they definitely have, I guess they do have a better roster. I don't I think don't... anyone expected Anaheim to be bottom five in the NHL this season. Yeah, true. But you with know? Drysdale going down and yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of things not go their way. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been rough, but especially like they brought in Ryan Strom and it's like he's, oh, he's got right. 32 yeah. points in 68 games like yeah. Troy Terry really broke out last season. I, I don't think anyone expected them to be this this bad, but. Here they are. But yeah, they do have quite a few injuries that they're dealing yeah, with. Well, definitely. Hopefully um, they improve throughout the course of the rest of the season. Hopefully <laughs> they do. Well, funny enough, though, the San Jose Sharks are the first team to be booted from playoff contention. That was confirmed a couple of days ago. And Sin, the date is set. Remember the date and not for my wedding. Although if you wanted to come to that, remember that, too. You know, here's the um, thing, Tuggy. This is a day after my birthday. Ooh. And I'm 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 making a big old fucking birthday wish. <laughs> <laughs> the NHL's draft lottery has been set for May 8th, 7 p.m. Where we will find out just who will get Connor Bedard because this is the NHL and the number one overall pick doesn't get traded like it did in the NFL. Um so it's interesting, right? For the Sharks, obviously we know Columbus, Chicago, Anaheim, Philly. Montreal, Arizona. I mean, these are teams that are, you know, very much going to be there. I mean, the bottom 10, um, you know, even beyond that, you know, it's shaken up. Obviously, the lottery odds have changed a little bit too recently. Um, But if it's not Connor Bedard, which I don't even want to put that thought into your head, I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I it's okay. It's it's such a small chance that we get him. I've accepted that. Like, it's, it's a pipe dream, essentially. Really, for most everyone. It's so... I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll have decent odds. Maybe, maybe we'll get the best odds, but like at the same time, like even the best odds are one in four. Yeah, essentially. So it's not great. Um, I'd be more than happy with Fantilli. Like, holy shit. So that's what I was going to bring up. Um, the NCAA announced the 10 finalists, 10, by the way, um, for the Hobie Baker award for best player in the nation. Um, finalist, Adam Fantilli, who's the, Kind of consensus number two pick as a freshman, averaging 1.88 points per game for Michigan. He is absolutely disgusting. Like, just so, so good. And really, it is 
very similar to the idea of, I mean, we've seen it before, right? The the silver medals of like, oh, I didn't get this guy number one. Oh, we have to get this guy with the second pick. Like, he's going to be another one of those, except, I mean, man, if he lives up to his potential, good Lord. Um, other finalists, by the way, Logan Cooley, of course, Arizona uh, Coyotes draft pick. Montreal Canadiens defenseman Sean Farrell. Uh, there's Colin Graff, who's a UDFA forward, so keep an eye out for him in the next uh, little bit, of course. Might end up signing somewhere. Montreal defenseman Lane Hudson. That's two Habs defensemen in the top ten for those keeping track. That team is going to be disgusting in a few years already, beyond what they might get in the draft this year. Uh, Toronto forward Matthew Nyes. Buffalo goaltender Devin Levi. Uh, UDFA goaltender Yaniv Perret. Uh, he's very French. Uh, Blake Patila, another UDFA goalie, and Jason Poland, a UDFA forward, who is a senior. So keep an eye out for him. If he likes to go pro, he will certainly get one of those contracts somewhere. But yeah, Adam Fantilli is just, he's insane. And I mean, again, you look at teams like Toronto. Yeah, there's a reason they didn't want to get rid of Matthew Nyes. Montreal, two defensive prospects in the mix. And, of course, Logan Cooley, who's going to be just outrageous. I mean, there was that controversy over how did they not pick Shane Wright? Uh, but I think Arizona did very, very well for themselves getting Logan Cooley. But, yeah, obviously that's, you know, as excited as I am to start covering the playoffs, I think everybody in the hockey world just wants to know who's it going to be. And, Sin, I, I've told you, and you know this, I am still rooting for you and the sharks and in every way possible at this stage because damn it how sweet connor bedard update 52 games played how many points 128 or something stupid like that i remember (laughs) endo uh got like 130 right in the middle 129 (laughs) my price is right rules (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah god so i'm i'm very very excited for this draft and uh again hopefully good things for the sharks up ahead couple of notes the ottawa senators pending sale potential future part owner ryan reynolds uh sold his company uh mint to t-mobile for 1.35 billion dollars because there it is um every, again by the end of this there's going to be three companies that control everything uh because america baby um oh welcome to canada where our big three are you know rogers telus and bell and it's so bad that bell has all the infrastructure for everyone in the entire country that bell has to pay their own uh fees on there because the crtc is like hey well i mean like i know you have everything set up so you have to pay the same fee as everyone else to, you know, pay it out. It's it's so stupid. It's so dumb. Remember the and outage like, last year where bank cards wouldn't work and like everything shut down? Uh, that was Rogers. Was it Rogers? Okay. It was Rogers Still that went though. down. So what Just to show you was, how much Yeah. You know, one or two companies kind of run everything. It's uh Yes. So what happened with that fun. is they tried to push they tried to push out an update on the main server or something like that. And then I guess like it didn't flip over and then it like basically hard wiped the um the code for everything. And then they had to like scramble and put in the SIM card from another uh tech another company and all that. I still haven't been compensated, by the way. Rogers customers still have not been compensated at all. They're like, oh, we're gonna pay it back for you, you know, we're gonna do it all good for you. I don't know why it's my Mike Babcock, but you know, just they're just gonna do that. And help we'll you out. in deep, and we'll fix the problem. Yeah, put SIM cards in <laughs> hey, deep, and hey, we'll, Mitch. we'll deal with you later. Hey, Mitch, tell me what you think about your teammates. Hey, thanks, buddy. Hey, fellas, here's what Mitch thinks about you. <laughs> That's oh, literally that was... Rogers, because because right now they're Ooh. trying to acquire another company, Shaw. Like Shaw's also people in the U.S., I believe too. It's mostly like a West Coast kind of thing. Shaw, which owns Freedom, which is like the company that I'm with. And they're trying to buy them out and have it them with them. And everyone's like, that's like non-compete because it's going to be the big three. And it's going to be even smaller of a group because Shaw was like, we're going to be independent. And Rogers is like, we have a lot of money. And uh, yeah, so that's fun. Great. Shout out to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Uh, in the aftermath of um, 
the conversation about Atlanta, Houston coming back up again. Gary Bettman at a press conference said um, the NHL has received expansion interest places like Atlanta, Houston, Quebec City, but ads were not in expansion mode right now. And it's not really something, at least right now, that's anywhere close to a front burner for us at all. Um, honestly, that's not surprising. You know, you get to 32 teams. I still think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, 32 is perfect because playoffs, 32, 16, 8, 4, 2, and then down to one, like it makes sense. But 36, I feel like, is a really good sweet spot um, with those three locations that were mentioned and then someone else like Kansas City or Milwaukee. Um, but the NHL right now is in a really weird spot, as are uh, the NBA, for example, because of the regional sports network crisis that's going on here in the U.S., um, you know, the parent company of the whole Bally Sports thing filing for bankruptcy protection. I mean, it's a bit of a mess right now. Baseball is affected by it, too, just in terms of how these sports are going to be able to present their product. It's definitely not the right time for anybody to be thinking about expansion. But it was interesting that he actually uh, ended up commenting on that. The, I can't make the same Svechnikov joke because of the being bad taste. Andre Svechnikov, though, for Carolina, huge loss for them. He is out for the rest of the season after undergoing knee surgery earlier today. Um, you know, while they are in direct competition with the Bruins, obviously, to make it out of the East, I feel so bad for Carolina. It's a sick, sick team, and their injury luck has been brutal uh, to lose Svechnikov now, number one, a 22-year-old player undergoing a pretty major surgery is always unfortunate. Um, but obviously the injuries with Max Patch already this year, uh, who got injured in preseason and then played five games and suffered the same injury. Um, as scary as they would be, given that they eliminated the Bruins last year, it would have been nice to see a full-strength Carolina team in the postseason, and we're not necessarily going to get that. So... Uh, best wishes to Andre Svechnikov. A little bit of stat time as well before we get to uh, <laughs> oh, the other big story. Um, Leon Dreisaitl joined Connor McDavid in the 100-point club. This is just the second time in NHL history that the same teammates were the first two players to 100 points in consecutive seasons. It has not been done since the mid-70s. When Bruins legends Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito did it in 73, 74, and then the next season. So um that's that's decent company for Dreisaitl yeah. and McDavid, right? Yeah, witnessing greatness once again. Jesus. And McDavid now holds the highest single season point total among active players. He hit 129 points, meaning Crosby, Ovechkin. Neither of them, nobody else that is an active player in the NHL currently uh, has ever had a 129-point season. Uh, they still got like 15 or more games to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why we keep saying, like, is he going to hit 150? Oh. And it would take a pretty big slowdown. Edmonton is on 14 games, games left. Yeah, 14 yeah. games left. It'll be tough, but... 21 points in 14 games is not unheard of. That's, I think he does it. I hope he I does, man. He does. I really do. That's it's insane. I mean, again, it's one of those things where, you know, you mention it time and time again, and it's just like, ah, okay, we get it. But it is one of those, like, recognize the absurdity of what's happening, um, which we're also not doing in Arizona. Uh, Clayton Keller became the Coyotes' first 30-goal scorer in 11 seasons gentlemen who was the last 30 goal scorer for the arizona coyotes uh shane yeah that's all i was gonna say shane known if you pull um, fucking biz nasty out of nowhere i'll be so pissed <laughs> it's not paul bissonette i promise you okay. that okay hold on in 11 years 11 years. It's going to be someone fucking obscure. E Relatively. Alex Galchenyuk? Not Alex Galchenyuk. Ah. Think Phil of... Kessel! No. Not Phil Kessel. Think of somebody 
you know when we talk about ah one of those nhl guys like an ea nhl guy where it's like okay he's not a stud but man you get that guy in franchise or on your hut team and he's a lord boston mm. kraus no this is from the 2011 2012 season uh, which was the year they went to the conference finals and lost yeah. to chicago i am i am just drawing a blank 2011 God damn it! He'd be in NHL. He'd be in two K ten. We probably looked at him. Yeah, it's, it's not Jovalkop, is it? No, no. So he's a defenseman. What am I talking about? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those names. So he was uh, nineteen ninety nine entry draft seventh round pick of Colorado. Also played for Carolina, Chicago, Tampa. Vancouver and Florida. Bobby Moyne. <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm lost too, dude. Oh, goodness. I'm trying to see if there's any other hints I can give here, but it doesn't look like it. How about um, his name? That's a good hint. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty good hint, right? Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Oh, we are looking for Redeem Verbata. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Told you it was one of those names. But yeah, he was the last 30 goal scorer. 35 goals in 2011. He's one of those well, like great players, but no, never a superstar type thing. Yeah. Those yeah. Dinah Zubris, Redeem Verbata, like the NHL, EA NHL legends for a franchise mode that you just sign and plug into the top six and you're good to go um, every time. Um, also, because Endo mentioned it, <clears throat> how many NHL goals did Paul Bissonette score? In his career? Six. In his career. 202 Eight. games. How many oh. goals does Paul Bissonette have? Two. Three goals. Seven? Didn't oh, give him wow. enough credit? No. Yeah. <laughs> it, to be fair, the guy was a good goal scorer back when he played in the in the EO, but he mm. fucked up his wrist, and that's why he had to call it early on a career. Yeah, and then you start punching people with your hands. Yeah. Which yeah. are connected to the wrists. Yes. Through 202 NHL games, what was Paul Bissonette's average time on ice? Oh, man. I'm going to say... Three minutes. No, I'm going to say four and a half minutes. Five minutes and 18 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. He's he's the greatest fourth-line plug in NHL history. Okay. Career fourth line plug. There you He's go. the most media savvy. I'll give him yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but to that Clayton Keller stat, uh, he has the second most points in the league since the All Star break, only behind Connor McDavid. Uh, but he plays for Arizona, so nobody talks about it or gives a shit right now. Uh, but Clayton Keller is sick. Best way to describe it. Uh, as is Jake Gensel. Uh, he just became. The fastest player from the 2013 draft class to record 400 points. He did it in 438 games compared to McKinnon, who did it in 454, and Barkoff did it in 465. That's an Um, impressive stat. It is. Now, people will be like, oh, but who does he play with compared to other people? But that's that's nothing to scoff at at all. I mean, because that class, you're talking McKinnon, Barkoff, even... Elias Lindholm, Monahan. Of course, people kind of forget now how good Monahan was before the injury started racking up. Uh, and Bo Horvat. Uh, those are the six players from that class to have over 400 points right now. Um, so, yeah, shout outs to Jake Gensel, who is a fantastic, fantastic hockey player, as is Clayton Keller. And then, yeah, I guess Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are fine. So if you couldn't tell, uh, I tried to find as many little things to potentially spark up a conversation to avoid having to talk about this gigantic piss baby again. But here we are. Um, The biggest name in hockey right now after last night, Jordan Bennington. (laughs) Piss baby Bennington. (sighs) Jesus. He is... Scheduled for a Department of Player Safety hearing at the time of recording. We don't yet know what the result of that is. Actually, um, but he is facing two games. Was there? Yes, two games. Did, did he get suspended? Wow. Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, he did. Well, okay. that's, because of that's what happened, doing the there's an automatic one game. 
Yeah, because of what he did, because of the blocker, there's an automatic one game suspension for the match penalty. And yep. then there's, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's two on top of that. So it's three games or it's just officially two games. From St. Yeah, I missed this from St. Louis's Twitter account. Uh, yeah, two games. And Joel Hofer's been recalled under emergency conditions. Um, but yeah, he, after surrendering the fifth goal of the game against Minnesota last night, uh, decided to get up and hit Ryan Hartman in the head with this blocker. Um, there was the weird moment of getting scored on by Goligoski, but then trying to pump up the crowd. He almost got in a fight after uh, receiving that match penalty with Marc-Andre Fleury, and the referees, for the second time in about a month, break up what would have been a goalie fight. Um, Sid, yeah. I think you said it right. They're kind of doing the Blues a favor by suspending Jordan Bennington. In looking, sure. in looking at his numbers, right? And it's funny, by the way, that for someone who's famous for the do I look nervous quote, immediately after winning that Stanley Cup, um, he is the most thin-skinned player in the NHL. He has to be. Name somebody worse. Good luck. Uh, but this season, he has the second most losses of any goaltender, only... Uh, <laughs> only trailing Anaheim's John Gibson. Uh, he has the third highest goals against average amongst starters. Um, actually, well, I mean, depending, depending on where you want to, uh, you actually his goals against average is 43rd. Uh, so there are people who are worse. <clears throat> so he has that going for him. Um, those people are Montreal's Jake Allen. Uh, Uko Pekalukanen in Buffalo, Jack Campbell, Capo Karkinen, John Gibson. Boy, Scroopy, this has turned into a rough run for you. Uh, Spencer Martin and Elvis Merzlikens. So that's not looking too great. Uh, his save percentage in the NHL ranks 45th. So that's that's good, right? And he leads all goaltenders in penalty minutes with 17. Actually, now it's 27 after last night. Uh, 10 more than second place Phoenix Copley. Jordan nice. Bennington. But as good friend of the show, Monkey Dude 22 would say, he is a Stanley Cup champion. <sighs> I'm just I'm just tired about talking about the guy, really. I what what can we possibly add to the conversation, I guess, in terms of like, hey, it's Jordan Bennington being Jordan Bennington. Like there's just no. He just There's goes no surprise. Full diaper yeah. every 10 to 15 games. That's, a, that's his, a generous range. It's his cycle. So I think men with cycles like that should be quiet. Yeah. You get it? Because he made that tweet about women in their periods. Uh-huh. I okay. remember. All right. I just wanted more. that. Yeah. yeah. That's a callback. Holy. Um, I think the best thing to come out of this, not only is Bennington such a piss baby with the suspension and all this. So I understand why he'd get upset about the play. Because what happened about is he made shelled? the pass across. Yeah. So he uh the player made the pass across, passes one T, and on his on his like stride going through, like celebrating the goal, he clips him in the back leg. Dude's like way outside of the crease. Like he, you know, you come to attack it completely out to play the puck and cut down the angle. And then he turns around because he's like completely like out of position and just clips him in the back of the leg and he gets all upset. Like I get being upset, but running over and like slashing a player and losing your temper. Like I don't get it. And then people are saying on social media they're defending him, being like, oh, look, a guy shows personality. This is personality. This is being a douchebag. Like completely. No, his personality is that he's the douchebag. Yeah. Just Ah, God. To the NHL, I'm begging you. To the hockey world, give us something positive to talk about. I don't like having to dedicate time to talking about 23-year-old entitled rich kids or psychotic goalies who have thinner skin than the fucking fish from SpongeBob. Like, give us, give us something. 
Like we get these brief snippets with like, hey, McDavid's awesome. And he is. But give us give us something else. And not, oh, here's uh Ryan Reeves and Boko Amama in the worst fight of all time. Like yeah. something positive. Well, I think the funny thing that came out of that, uh, Ryan Reeves entirely, is afterwards there was a presser um with NHL and TNT, uh on TNT, on TNT. <laughs> And uh, I turned the BB, I turned in the PBG there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, TNT. And uh, I think one of the jokes was someone came over and splashed Ryan Reeves with, with water. And then, and then Biz obviously chirps back. Oh, was that, was that Bennington? <laughs> and he goes, no, he knows not to try that with me. Perfect. Fair. God. Um, actually some good news to end the show on. Uh, ESPN oh. PR just put out this tweet. Uh, information, you know, demographics for the Big City Greens Classic um, yeah. on both Disney Channel and Disney XD. The game delivered a younger and more female audience than what is typical for either regular network, ESPN or TNT. The median age on Disney Channel was 14 versus 22 for the overall network in the prior month. The median age on Disney XD was 12 years old versus 28. Uh, for the overall network in the other in the other month, and both Disney Channel and Disney XD skewed fifty nine percent female versus thirty six percent of the Disney Channel audience and forty eight percent of the Disney XD audience on average. So, mission accomplished: reaching younger demographics, different demographics that are needed to help grow the damn sport. Instead of you know forty five year olds on Twitter arguing about whether or not Jordan Bennington's a piss baby and uh, whether or not fighting should be removed from the QMJHL, which I totally forgot to bring up. Gentlemen, any thoughts on that as to wrap up the show? The QMJHL is debating eliminating fighting from its league. I am, as I mentioned on Twitter, fully in favor of this decision because at the end of the day, you are talking about, I mean, God, what the, the fucking human brain still developing into your mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Yep. With everything that we know now about <clears throat> you know, concussions, the risk of CTE. Is it worth a 16, 17 year old undergoing potential brain damage beyond the inherent risks of the game already? And some people be like, well, fighting is an inherent risk. It doesn't have to be. I am ready for the days of a 17 year old kid, you know, not risking his future because his only shot of making the NHL is to punch his way there. I'm ready for those days to be over because we have now enough of those horror stories of what happens afterwards to guys that, Hey, you know, if I'm sure if you ask some of them, it would be, I got to live my dream. It was worth it. But on occasion, you got to protect people from themselves. Um, I, I I literally verbatim, my monkey brain loves a good hockey fight as much as anybody at the NHL level. You want to show me Ryan Reeves and fucking Curtis McDermott going to war? Those are grown ass men. Fucking you want to throw them? Let's throw them. I'm here to watch. I'll buy a front row seat. But do I want to see two 17 year olds? Yeah. Who think this is the only way to accomplish my dream, trying to fucking destroy one another? No, I really don't. Uh, because those are the type of players that need to be protected from themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I agree. Like, it, yeah, like you said, like, it's kids, man. Like, that shouldn't be what the game is about. Especially at this point with where the game has been trending. It's less in that direction, like... Yeah, pretty much probably all the CHL leagues shouldn't have it because it, it's it's weird. And and if you're a kid, like in any and in high school, if we fought, we got like immediately kicked out. Yeah. And oftentimes just suspended. So like, why is it different for these development leagues? Like your focus should be development on hockey. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just an archaic mindset of like you have to punch your way there. And like you said, there's there's tons of scores. Just watch. Watch that. I think it was New York Times that did the kind of mini documentary on it about Derek Bogard being, you know, punched out Derek Bogard. Not just his story, but the guy he fought all the time in the WHL, uh, Summerfield. And, he, yeah. you know, they talked to him about it, and it's just like, it's not fucking worth it. Like, you know? Yeah, there was a piece on uh, Zedin Kanopka as well a while back who um, 
you know, it kind of showcased all the health issues that that guy's had um, in the aftermath. And I mean, Zenon Kanopka, you ever look up his hockey fights? Holy fuck. This is a guy. 2009-2010 regular season. How many times do you guys think Zenon Kanopka fought? 35. It's a damn good guess. It was 33. Mm. 33 fucking That's fights. so many fights. In one That's season. So many. And Again, he probably didn't play every game either. So he's almost fighting every single game he's in. How many games did he play? Uh, that is what I'm looking up right now, actually. So yeah, that was the 2009. Oh, and he also uh, fought three times in the preseason as well. So really, it is 36. Um, 2009-2010 for Tampa, he played 74 games. Okay, so he was not uh, just a pure enforcer. But only, <clears throat> he fought in almost half the games that he played in. That's crazy. On average. Again... Like, you could ask him, you can watch that documentary as to whether or not he thinks it's worth it. Um, and again, it's like, I oh, rob someone of their dream if you shut that window. But like, man, do we really want to go back to the to those days of people only getting to the NHL because they can throw hands and it being a slower, more physical pace? Like, does Connor McDavid get to be Connor McDavid if the league is still in that spot? No. And what, what would I read? No offense. What's better for the world of hockey? Connor McDavid getting to be Connor McDavid or someone like Zenon Kanopka, um, who was a good AHLer, by the way. Very good AHLer, but someone like Zenon Kanopka being on an NHL roster uh, because he can win faceoffs and punch you in the face. No. Like, it's all, it's McDavid. That's the future. And that's what gets people really excited. Like, looking at the things he can do. Just think about how Crosby's injuries were shortened. He was in that transition period when the enforcer was dying, but there's still those guys out there who were throwing crazy big hits and all that kind of crap. Like Crosby had so many concussion issues. Yeah. And his career was vastly different than what it could have been. He's still amazing, but who knows what he could have been without that. Yeah. Perfect way to describe it. And if there's one thing. Uh, I want to say one more thing. How many, you know, you remember the name of Gretzky. We're going to remember the name of Sidney Crosby. We're going to remember the name of McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon. All these guys we're really going to remember for a very, very long time. Can you guys name an enforcer from, like, the era of Phil Esposito and Bobby Orr? Um, Now, Stan Jonathan was the 80s. Uh, (laughs) Bob Probert was also the 80s. 80s, 90s, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good question. Who was that I'm dude that got that got banned? Wild Beaver, what's his name? <laughs> he was in the twenties, my my dude. Ah, closing <laughs> off. Oh God, I mean, sin. That certainly proves your point. At the same time, I'm taking this as a personal challenge. Um, so feel free to continue your point. But oh, I'm really trying to jog my damn memory here. Who would it have been? So, like, I remember a lot from the era that I grew up in, like. 90s 2000s 2010s until they kind of got rid of it you know um but at the same time you know they're not gonna last you know tiger williams is the first name i could think of and that's only because he's the nhl's all-time leading penalty minute getter and that's only one out of an era where they were where every team had one or two at least right like the flyers around that time you know like so i got street bullies yeah, I guess Dave Schultz would have been there. Like I like two. I got two. Terry O'Reilly, I think, was playing like three. Like that's that's it, right? Is and that's the thing. You you, you know, let me look this up really quickly. Um, like father of Carlin Bath, Fred Bath. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he was a he was a okay. bully, I think. So because we talked about it earlier, uh 74-75 season, the same year that Bobby Orr and um Phyllis Bizzito did their thing. Number one leader in penalty minutes was Dave Schultz with 472 penalty minutes in 76 games. Jesus Christ. But that's the thing. Dave Schultz is remembered fondly. He was a two-time cup winner with the Flyers. Second place, Andre DuPont, who also was a two-time cup winner uh, on the Flyers. Because, of course, um, who remembers Bob Gassoff? 
You know, like no disrespect to the guy, but it's like he played four seasons for the Blues in the 70s. That's Doug Risebro, Joey Korab, uh, Colin Campbell, Gregory Campbell's dad. Yeah. Okay. These these are all the enforcers of that time. Yeah. And if you pull up the point totals from those times and the t- top points of that season, you would rec- you would recognize probably most every single name. Uh in which the leaders in points in that same season, Bobby Orr, Phil yep. Esposito, Marcel yep. Dion, mm-hmm. Gila Flor, Pete mm-hmm. Mahovlich, Bobby Clark, Rod yep. Gilbert, Gilbert Perot. <laughs> Case in point. Um, yeah. And again, it's not like an attempt to sit here and shit on enforcers no. and players of the past, but it's just in terms of moving forward with the sport. Again, I, I'm i not sitting like I if, if they were to abolish fighting, I'm perfectly fine with it, like across the board. Um, am I going to sit here and push for it no because i do believe you know player choice is a part of it but at the same time again if if you sit there and it's like you say to a a 16 year old dan carcillo or something like that like man you play this way you fight or you know hey you're gonna have a better shot of making it that kid isn't going to fully understand the consequences of their actions it's just going to be i need to do whatever i have to do to get in a position to live my dream Yep. You got to protect people from themselves at a certain point. Yeah, it's the adults who are responsible in that situation, and the adults were being the most irresponsible people. Either yeah. it was known to them or unbeknownst to them. Either way, I don't know why people had ever thought that fucking hitting people in the head repeatedly wouldn't have. I mean, seriously, at that point, no. Like when Carl Sills' time, like they had to think. There had already been studies. Like Muhammad Ali had art. Like that was already a thing. Uh huh. Yep. And let's be honest, a lot of people just willfully ignored it. Yep. Yeah. You know, still do. Look at look at slap fight, and the way that things run over there. Uh, the way like the way that slap fight does their stuff with the the slappy boxing kind of thing, it's different how other companies are doing. You know, other ones are like you have to like you can't like bend down. You have to go like straight like that. Because you bending down just like a quarter inch adds different momentum into the actual swing. You can get more power into it. There's, that's another story. But the one thing I want to talk about before we end the show is some of the replies to your tweets are fucking hilarious. Notably, Troy oh, Henley, sure. OH, former OHL player with a banner that's him literally fighting a dude, uh, says 30-year-olds are straight up not children and playing 16-year-olds would kick the shit out of 20-year-olds anyway. Not only that, he has like eight fights on his record for his professional hockey career. Uh, another one is um, six foot three and 200 pounds, 200, 100 pounds are not children. Uh, that th- that doesn't matter. The size of your body doesn't change. It's about your brain. Like <laughs> developmentally in your um, brain, you are still like 16 to 20 years old. Like, uh, the oh, I also got hit with the did you ever play hockey growing up? Mm, that's That's a good one, yeah. too. I mean, trust uh, me, I know when I uh, when I put out a tweet like that, people are going to yeah. be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it, I love the ones that like, huge like, L take, what the fuck? I'm like, like, dice <laughs> contribution to the conversation. Like, I don't understand how nowadays people are so quick to say like, oh, it's a bad take. It's like, okay, discuss. If you aren't going to share no, because... why my take's bad, then, go, then my take's fine. No, I mean, it's like, just oh. easy for people to be like, oh, you, uh, you suck, you're wrong, and just leave it at that. And hey, that's fine, whatever. Um, I don't need people to agree with me on anything, actually. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't care less. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm not at all worried about other people's take on the conversation. Again, there are going to be people who. Who defend it? Um, but I do love the comment of twenty-year-olds are straight up not children. That to me, yeah. how old? He'll, how old he'll is be that guy? he'll be excusing Tro- the next Henley twenty. He, that same person, that same person, will be excusing the next uh, CHL twenty-year-old who does something fucking stupid and say he's just a kid. Guaranteed, guaranteed, that same person will say that after he oh, just okay. said that he's an adult. The two hundred pound thing. 
No, BC the 20 year old thing. Oh, the 20 year old thing? Oh, yeah, Troy Henley, a former OHL uh, fighter. Hockey yeah, player. I was just, all I was saying was that, yeah, this, he, he called, uh, he, he'll call a 20 year old an adult right now. But when it comes to the next time a CHL or at 20 years old does something fucking stupid and likely illegal, he'll say it's, it's a kid making a mistake. He's got five OHL fights and three fights, three fights in the SPHL. Ironic. My response is, uh, huh, weird. People are calling 23-year-old Carson Briere a kid, though. Yeah. That's my response. Yeah. <laughs> That's my response. Um, with that, everybody, we'll wind things down for this week so Endo can get to where he's got to get going. We will be back next week again, hopefully with some more positive stuff to talk about. But for those of you that joined us, we thank you very much either for listening or watching on the YouTube side of things. Catch Endo Mills on Twitch every once in a while. He's a busy boy right now. Twitch.tv yeah. forward slash Endo Mills. Sin's on YouTube. Sin for the win productions, of course. And you can catch me everywhere at Toogie24. We will be back next week. Manscaped.com. Code Toogie. Goodbye.